Hello, friend. Thank you so much for checking out our podcast. You have clicked on our hang with RJ Mitty, star of Breaking Bad, baby. An amazing actor who brought Walt Jr. to life every single Sunday, AMC. This guy's amazing. He really is. And this is one of my favorite interviews. One, because I'm a huge Breaking Bad fan. Two, because I'm a huge RJ Mitty fan. And three, because I understand what he's doing. I understand what he's done. And I understand where he's going. All because of this one interview. I think you're really going to enjoy it. Here's our hang with RJ Mitty. Zach Sang in the Gang. Zach Sang in the Gang radio show. The Zach Sang in the Gang radio show. I'd be a great baby daddy. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I don't think people understand this is a punishment. Great. Why would you not want to be a part of this? What? People in nice cars can't fart? What do I do? I'm going Zach Sang of the Gang hanging out in the city right now with RJ. Hello, sir. Hi, a pleasure. Uh, and thank you for coming in right now because I, I've seen you, I've watched you on TV for years. Huge Breaking Bad fan, like beyond, <laughs> beyond, beyond. But are, are you used to, are you numb to that by now because of the, the, the massive following, but also the cult-like following that comes along with the show? I mean, it never gets on. I mean, it get, it gives me a career. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm lucky that it keeps going and keeps keeps growing this is the thing is breaking bad didn't slow down yeah it's off the air it's been off the air for a couple of years now but you have a lot of people that have just tuned into it this year you have Mm -hmm. a lot of people that are still tuning into it and i i think we're very lucky as as a show that didn't get a a massive following in the beginning to now have this occult following that has continued on and and that will i i think this show will last a lot longer than all of us and i think we're lucky to have that at what point do you realize that that's the case? Like, at what point do you realize, not just that you won the lottery and you really, it's, you're never going to be without work for a long, long time. Hopefully. But, yeah, but <laughs> again, <laughs> of course. But also that this show really has the power to last the next 50, 60, 70, maybe 100 plus years and will live on and entertain generations to come. I, I think that's an after effect. I think that's something that when you've, when you've, shot it it's over with it's done with and you see the aftermath and you see the creator i think that's something that you don't you initially you're in shock for the whole production of it and you're like oh this is what we're doing this has happened this is your nine to five at the moment and then you look back and you're like wow i guess i did have an influence i did make a change Mm -hmm. um it did change the landscape of television well it it showed and gave different ideas of camera angles and art and, and a new Way of it brought cinema to TV when yes. mo- when a lot of shows had that, but no one really touched it. No one really br- grasped the concept of having a cinematic television series. Yeah, and I think we we were able to pioneer that. And AMC and Sony really, I I, I think came together, and I, it was lucky that they picked us up. We were yeah. so happy that they <laughs> that they said yes to Vince. But I think that so what they were looking for to do is that. Game changer, that, that exactly. change, changing of the guard, kind of. Okay, so at what point do you realize that you've hit the lottery? Because you're just talking about you doing a, a convention, right? Yeah. In New Jersey, New York. Like, your worst case scenario, dude, is that you go and do Comic Cons for the rest of your life. And you sell, you sell headshots for $25 a piece, and you still do really well. Well, I think there's so much more than just that at the, at the conventions. I think building and cultivating the fan base. Yeah. And that, that helps you get that next job. Of course. I, I think that really, that does fine. But that really could be worst case scenario. <laughs> um, I, mean, I mean, it could be worse. But I, I love my friends that I, I do the cons with. And I get to see and meet amazing people yeah. doing them. And, like, 
the thing is with with what Breaking Bad gave me is it gave me a platform. Uh-huh. Like I, I'm able to do so much, so much more than just act. And I, I work with organizations. I sit on the board of a few of them. You do I, a lot of great I, work. I, 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 and I love doing it. That's yeah. I think the opportunity that we have when we have a voice and everyone in this room and and everyone really in the world now with with social media we have voices. Mm-hmm. And we when you have something that validates your work and validates you and brings an awareness to to what you're doing and what you want to do, I think it helps bring more work yeah. and it helps bring on where and, and we have this voice to change things. And, and you did that on two fronts, right? You, you brought a lot of attention to uh, cerebral palsy, right? W- with the role in Breaking Bad, but also you've been bringing a lot of awareness to, uh, you know, uh, handicaps in, in general, right? Because you said, quote, you know, it's more of an understanding of who we are and what we are as human yes. beings. Well, I, I think we need to understand what we are. And I think luckily with Breaking Bad, like you said earlier, it brought awareness to CP. What Breaking Bad also did, and I don't think a lot of people realize this, when you first saw Walt Jr. and you saw him as as who he was, you saw the crutches first. Yeah. And then you saw the character. Yeah. But as the show evolved, you no longer saw the crutches and you just saw the character. You became so comfortable. And you became like you were in that kitchen yeah, with them. Yeah. It, it, it just, it wasn't, there wasn't that, you knew there was no wall. There was yeah. no thing to, to the shock first and then the person. You eventually just molded that, and I think that's what really we need in television is that normalization and showing how normal having anything in this world, be it physical or mental, is. Yeah. And I think Breaking Bad did a very good job at capturing that essence of a real family. Yeah. Do you remember reading the breakdown for Breaking Bad and for your character, Walt Jr., um, for the first time? Yeah. Uh, dark-haired, mild cerebral palsy, and big eyebrows. That pretty much was the yeah. uh, the character. I mean, look at... <laughs> I, I I think I got it. I think just, just a little. The, 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 the eyebrows sealed the deal. Yeah, I think the eyebrows definitely. My my character is actually a memory of a of a character that uh, of a friend of Vince's. Mm-hmm. Vince had in college. So I think he was looking for someone like that and, and like his friend in, in similar looks. Yeah. So. Okay, so you read the pilot for the first time. You, you read all of this stuff. You, you're you're finally doing your first table read. You get the job. Everything. Is there any idea in your mind that this is going to be a game changer? Or are you kind of just like day by daying I mean, it and just happy to be there? I mean, there, I think there's a there's a little bit of both. I I think you're you're happy to be there and you take one episode at a time. But I think anything in this industry, if you're working, that is a game changer. Yeah, every project that you have, everything that you can come in contact with. That that can change your life in one instant, which Breaking Bad did. Yeah, it's amazing like, how this town works, right? Like it's 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 kind of scary because it, it, it gets it just <laughs> some people should not it should not affect like that. <laughs> <laughs> well, because it's like it'll, it'll take you a decade to get there, but then with one airing, one night, one contract signing, you're you're a completely different person. You like yeah. different you you like you go from Air Jordans to Louis Vuitton. <laughs> <laughs> You, like your your taste completely one eighty, and like it's it's funny to see how it changes people. I I think the biggest thing is is taking everything, holding it, utilizing, seeing what you have, and then just letting it slowly unfold yeah. and hope for the best when it comes to this industry. Now, do you remember the RJ pre Breaking Bad? Yeah, I do. I mean, I I definitely 
remember who I was. I remember what I want to do. I that, my my mission of what I want to do has not changed from yeah. since I was thirteen years old. Since I was eight years old. What's your mission? Um, changing a mindset, changing an idea, cha- changing and 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 not just not just changing, but giving a person uh, not a person, but giving people a different idea of what something actually is. Yeah. And I think we have a false idea, and luckily I've been doing it with disability. But I, I got a bunch of things that I just want to work towards, and luckily enough, I've been in a position that's empowered me to do that and give me a platform and allow me to speak to people like yeah. you and, and slowly talk about things that I feel are important that we need to bring awareness on. And hearing you say that gives me the chills a little bit because there's a lot of people who come into the studio and they sit down and you know their mission or their goal is something completely different. Maybe it's a lot more self-serving. You know, whereas yours, it's serving a great, is it self-serving in one respect a little bit, but it's also serving a greater good. It's breaking a stereotype. It's breaking a mold. I I think everything in life, if you, if you do anything for anyone, essentially that is self-serving. I don't think being selfish can be a number of different things. And and what makes me the happiest is, is not usually selfish things. It's usually something that I, I, it's usually like working or doing something productive and, and being a part of something that's, to me, my favorite part, my favorite part of this industry is being part of a crew, yeah. being in that cast <laughs> setting and having that. I think that's really what this is about. When you walk away from Breaking Bad, what is that one thing that you've learned? Like, can you pinpoint it to just one? I, I mean, I, there's a number of things. I think for starters, at the end of the day, that this is a business. Yeah. Um, I, another thing is, is, is be certain in your character, be certain in what you're doing, and, and have a passion for what you're doing. Yeah. If you're not passionate about what you're doing, especially in a business where there's cameras watching everything that we do, like people will read that. People will read that you're not in that moment, that yeah. you're not that person, that you're not putting yourself into that. And and that's something that we really need uh, as as artists is to be present. Yeah. If you're not present, it, it's... Why, why watch anything? Like, why watch that? <laughs> why, why be invested as why a be, viewer? Yeah. Okay, you, you, you work here with Brian Cranston so heavily in a gun. I mean, your scenes most, mostly shared with the two of them. Uh, just watching them work, I'm sure, was just it, mesmerizing. Well, they've been in the industry for, for such a while and played such a variety of characters that uh, I, I just I just tried to stay present in the scene, and I think that's, again, going back to, to being in that moment. Exactly. Um, I And I definitely learned a lot from them from watching. I'm not really – I was never a big test taker, <laughs> so studying for me never worked out. But but actually doing things hands on and like yes. actually working and, and being in that you for me I learn I always learn every day we are always learning and it's awesome when you're on a set like that and not just Brian and Anna but but Betsy and Dean yeah. and, and and all of, and, and everyone that I was able to work with I liked working in five shots like okay. where where like not like not like get it done in five shots but when there was five people yeah. in those shots when we when we were all in these shots. Like, I, I'm, it's coming back to me, those scenes where, like, you know, your uncle's there, your aunt's there, everybody's there. Those were the longest yeah. scenes ever. Yeah. Like, ever, ever. Cool. Everyone has to have coverage. Yeah. Everyone gets their, <laughs> everyone gets their close-up, man. You, that's rule number one. <laughs> Discover why critics are calling Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes the best film of the franchise. What a wonderful day! It's a jaw-dropping spectacle that demands to be seen on the biggest screen possible. I need to go. Hang on. It is our time. 
Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Now playing only in theaters. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. Is there a sense of intimidation when you walk onto the set? Or, I mean, like, how, how long did it take for you to get comfortable? Well, I, I was never a big TV watcher. Okay. So that really... Ironic. <laughs> that's, I'm still really not a big, big TV watcher. And, and I recognize them, but I didn't have the, the, the initial awe factor. Yeah. And I think um, I, I just... I, it, it wasn't intimidating necessarily. Because of all the extra work I did working yeah. on sets, you've been there and you've done it. I uh, to a degree, yeah. to a degree. I I, de- I was in. I've been on professional sets before. I know what I need to do, where I need to go, where my, what I need. I found my place. <laughs> and I stayed in it, and um, <laughs> and, uh, and that's something that like I I I learned from that, and, and it was a great lesson. And I always recommend to people if they want to get in this industry yeah. to to do extra work. Well, to be a part, like to be on a set, a live set. Oh, any set you learn so oh. much from. But now I'm thinking about it, right? Like Brian Cranston, he was well respected and pretty famous. Malcolm in the Middle, but like Breaking Bad solidified his genius. Well, solidified, you know, gave gave a whole new look to everyone. Exactly. So you really were coming up together almost. And the, the whole crop of you. That's really. Like, I was I was green. I was the greenest person on that set. Like, yeah. I I had the newest career. I had the newest like. They they've had characters for days. Exactly. They've been in this industry for for twice as long as I have, if not longer. Yeah. Uh, and it really was one of those things that when you when you've been working, it goes back to that saying: is you can work for this for this period, and next thing you know, you blow up and in exactly. one night. It goes to that. Yeah. It's not that they they just didn't. They 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 had that entity. It's not like they didn't have weight with their name and yeah. what they are. It just they just didn't have that that job that really solidified. And Breaking and Bad was Breaking it. Bad really solidified everything. Do you feel like you've won the lottery in a sense? Uh, yes, yes, and no. I think with everything that you you get in this industry, you have to give a lot too. Yeah. I, there is a lot of things I have noticed that, that you do have to give up with. What have you the had position. to give? Uh, I mean. Anonymity is, is something that you have to really yeah. take into we take for granted for. hundred oh, percent. I, I think like that's something that we really forget that we we really it is detrimental to to what we are when we want to live. Yeah. Just live. How often um, do people come up to you? Probably often. Um, right? Yeah, I mean not often, but the thing is, is it's not about when people come up. It's about do when you do things and you're yeah. out and about and. Your presence. So, like, if you do anything too crazy, even though no one's watching and someone somehow finds out, next thing you know, you could be asking a lot of serious questions the next day. There's a responsibility when you get something like this that you have to that you have to take into that you have to take into consideration. 100. percent Because you do have a responsibility to to people. And now you've been in this town for a while too. I mean, like you you came here originally for your sister. Yeah. You came from Texas. Yeah, between Texas and Louisiana. Okay, but you you grew up in Lafayette? Yeah, Louisiana, yeah. We love ourselves from Lafayette. It took me forever to learn how to say it. Really? We're on the radio (laughs) there, and they sent, like, a whole pronunciation and everything. They they, they spaced it out for you? Yeah, 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 because he he said it, and he recorded it, and he said it to me because it's, like, it's Lafayette. Lafayette. Do you remember when I had to record that, and it took me forever? Yeah, you said it wrong every single time. Yeah. (laughs) Lafayette. It's like you're laughing, and then an E. Lafayette. Yeah. So you how how many years did you spend there? Uh, I mean, being from birth to uh, 
12, 13. I was wow. really between Lafayette, Louisiana, Shreveport, Louisiana, okay. Austin, and Houston. Wow. Um, my father's side being from Texas, mother's side being from Louisiana. Cool. Um, I went to Shriners Hospital in North Louisiana and, and um, in Shreveport for, for treatment for my oh. cerebral palsy. So almost every other weekend, I was always going north to, to Shreveport. And my grandparents at one point got, got sick. So I was always going to Texas okay. and uh, and traveling to, to check on them. And then um, around like 12, 13, I moved to Los Angeles. And that's, okay, you come here for your sister because yes. your sister has, it's a Lucille Ball thing, yeah, right? Yeah, it, it was a universal campaign for Lucille Ball. Okay. And it was like 100 years or something like that. And my little sister has bright... Red hair. I mean, like, like really, like as red as that elf behind you. <laughs> like, like it's it's bright. Wow. And, and like golden now. And she's gotten older. People want that. And um, oh, dude, I'd sell it in a heartbeat. Shave her head while, <laughs> shave her head while she's sleeping. Like, like she she can always grow more. I mean, it'll <laughs> come back. It'll grow back. Don't worry, baby. <laughs> but um, but this this agent at a water park saw her and was like, I'm doing a campaign with them. Uh, I would love for her to 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 be a part of the campaign. Yeah. So it'd been like a ba- a Lucille holding a baby Lucille. Okay. In front of the what? No, it's not creepy. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Yeah, I'm like seeing it now, and it seems like really uncomfortable. <laughs> like, like a woman holding a baby that looks exactly like her. <laughs> I. I but, but you come. So we come. We do that for her. This okay. agent. This agent is like, well, we have some other work for her. We would love to. We would love to. Um, to keep her working, and I mean, it's. It's. it's, it's you, I mean, she, you stay. You stay, and I. Uh, we were, we were looking for agents, and an agent was like, "I'll take her." Her um, her name was Deborah Manners. Okay. And um, and she was like, "Well, what about your son?" And my mom was like, "Well, you know, he. Uh, it, this is a very negative industry, and um, and he has CP. Um, like, <laughs> like, 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 like pretty much, pretty much like that. And uh, and she's like, "Well, that doesn't mean anything. And would you like to try it? And and as I said earlier, if you don't go to school, you don't join the gang, and <laughs> you're not an actor. What do what you, are you what, doing? What are you doing here? You you have you you, you ain't." You ain't from around here, are you? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, so I, I started, and I'm I started working with uh, an acting teacher and and just auditioning. And yeah. my very first audition though was an anti meth campaign. It was <laughs> it was it was um a California um uh, broadcastman like okay. you know when it's like they do the, yeah. the the don't don't it's a PSA it's a PSA and it was this guy high on meth and part coming into his family and then like screaming and yelling I think he kills his family or something <laughs> like, it was very aggressive did you, did you land the, the role? I did not get it hey I, I mean can't, beggars can't be choosers I got <laughs> I got something else meth, meth related um, <laughs> But uh, but I, I started doing extra work. Yeah. And I started working on a bunch of different shows, uh, doing extra work, and, and movies as well. I was on about 13, 14 wow. different shows within the first six months. That's um, crazy. As, as an extra. Yeah. But I, I was still on them. Like, still consistent still, work, yeah. It still taught me a lot, and it taught me, it taught me so much. I really recommend to people that, that are watching, if you want to get in this industry, like, that this is a great way to to be inducted into it yeah. and to learn. It's not going to get you a big role, but what it'll do is it'll teach you how to behave, how exactly. to treat a set. And it taught me that, and it prepared me for when I booked 
uh, Breaking Bad about six months later. <laughs> wow. And, um, and I auditioned for that five times, uh, four in Los Angeles, once in New Mexico. Okay. Uh, went in, did my test screening. Apparently they liked me because they hired me. Yeah. Do you remember that phone call? I, uh, I, I do. I was asleep when he called. I, I did my test screening that morning. I flew into New Mexico, did my uh, audition around like 8, test screening around 9, I uh, went back to my room and went to sleep. Wow. And uh, and uh, I get the call and he's like, you got the job. And pretty much I got the job and that I was late and that I had to fly back to L.A. <laughs> to get my bags because we need to start filming. Who, um, <laughs> who called you? Uh, it was it was Vince. It was Vince and, and a couple of other producers. That's pretty cool. So, yeah, it was amazing. And that set the tone for 10 years. The The rest... The, the the for the last ten years it set my tone of my life and and for seven years working on that yeah. and, and it really was an amazing opportunity that that just gave me so much. Now you have Dixieland, which is a movie yes. that's coming out. You're playing CJ. Yeah. And, and tell me about the movie. All right. So I I, I uh, Dixieland. It's on FIC. It's in some theaters uh, right now. Yes. FIC theaters on demand. Uh, the movie is about a uh, a guy that. Uh, he he gets he gets locked up and he's going back to his 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 life. He gets out and he wants to change. He's like I'm not. He, he he's not that person. Mm-hmm. Uh, what what they were trying to make him that wasn't him. And he gets out and he slowly tries to change his life around. But you know when you live in a small town and you're yeah. in that environment and you go back to it, what what happens? Like it's it's a lot yeah. harder to get out. Like, it's a mess. It's you. It's it's you gotta run. And um and he just kind of gets sucked back into it, and I yeah. play his one well his best friend uh, before prison that kind of has climbed up in the world. And, uh, so you're the success from high school, and he's like the one loser I, kid from high school. I, I wouldn't call him a success. Okay, I, I would I, he's, relative success. He, he's, I mean, he's an entrepreneur. <laughs> um, he's, that's, that's what that's what he does, and uh, and he. He drags him back into it, and it, it's a really cool story, and, and it's a it's a really like hard story because yeah. it's it's an actuality uh, uh, for a lot of people, and I I really was excited. Uh, Riley Kehoe, uh, 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 she's amazing. Um, to, has been in so much, and um, dude, I was Presley's granddaughter. Yeah. Like like you like that's, dude, uh, well, she's already winning. She already she won. She's already won at life. She doesn't need to do anything she else. Like she's done. Anything. She's done. She was born like but that. Um, I, I was reading the description, and it does sound like a re- like a harsh she, reality for a lot of people. You know, like but even if you think about it, so did Breaking Bad in yeah. a sense. Is that where real acting shines when you're depicting a a version of? Well, Real reality, raw reality. I, I think that's really what what r- these stories were. Were real reality. Re- yeah. Like that's why people like reality television so much. It, it's they, they it depicts their life. It, it, to, I mean, it's not, them it's, uh, to a certain I, extent. I mean, it's them. It, or what they want to be. Yes. I mean, and acting. That's what you do. Is you don't you you play characters that people want to be. That that's where they get invested into that story. Like when you were a kid, when you were looking at. Like superheroes and, and yeah. Star Wars and um, <laughs> and like certain movies, like you imagine yourself in those yeah. roles, and I think what really 
our job is is to invoke an emotional response into someone. Yeah. Now, when you are depicting a true story, and not, not a true story, but a story that, that has some, some weight to it that you know people can relate to, that's what gets you. That's, yeah. that, that's that hook. That's setting that hook in that person and allowing them to go on a journey. And I, and I think Dixieland and, and Breaking Bad as well, but Dixieland had that hook. And yeah. it's this really this cool uh, cool journey to go uh, with this man. And I think when you're creating a story and, and as filmmakers and, uh, and when you're creating anything, I think finding where your hook is and, and seeing that story and how people relate to that story and what sucks them in. Yeah. And I think that's really what we need more of is more actuality, more honesty. Hell yeah, man. Yo, RJ, an honor talking to you, dude. Yeah, no, a pleasure, I could, I could do this for like an hour and a half more, man. <laughs> Dixieland, it hits this week. It's on IFC. It's in a few theaters, too. But uh, I, I saw it on there. You can really see yeah. it on uh, Google Play, YouTube. Yeah. You can get it on so many different ways. Uh, IFC. Dixieland, and you're also in Switched at Birth. I was on ABC Family. Is your character done? Because I, you had a really pivotal love interest I, role there. I did. Wow! I just found out that you you're a Switched at Birth fan. Huh? I mean, like, okay, <laughs> <laughs> there's like certain it's, parts of pop it's, culture it's, that I'm all, really into. All good, man. ABC not, Family fits in there. Dude, they're, they're they're killing it, man. They, yeah, but um, I I would love to. I don't know. Okay. Um, she took my job. Um, so I, I mean, if you saw that's what happened and she, whatever with that, but, um, but no, I would, I would love to. What's funny is I love to snowboard, so I'm going off in the next little week, but my character in, uh, in Switch to Birth, he, uh, had a snowboarding accident and wound up in a chair and all my friends are like, hey, don't wind up like Campbell. I'm like, thanks, man. They're, yeah, and then my friends cool. with that are in chairs are like, if you do, just borrow my chair. I'm like, great. Thank you. Uh, great, hey. great friend. Dixieland. <laughs> it's IMC. RJ Mitty. Hey, man. Thank you for hanging out with us. Pleasure. Thank you all for having me. Please, Bye. come back whenever you want, man. We'd love to have you. Will do. Sweet, dude. Thank you. Yeah, no. Thank you all again for having me. Awesome. Thank you so much for checking out our podcast and our hang with RJ Mitty. Uh, if you liked what you heard, please check out more. Please. ZSATG over on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook.com slash Zach Sang and the Gang. Please be safe, do not die, and do not go to jail. Peace and love, friends. Until next time.